will be in 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. I have, uh, one of the things in this church, uh, we don't, I know some churches talk about it a lot, we don't talk about it a whole lot, but uh, we preach and teach from the King James Version of the Bible, uh, and when we give away Bibles, they're King James Version Bibles, uh, no matter what the age, that's what we give away, uh, and you know, from time to time, I like to look into the differences of why, because some uh, some people say they only use the KJV, and they can't even really tell you why they do that. Uh, and uh, it's one of those things that uh, I want to. I like to, from time to time, to dig in and show you why I believe it's the best translation. If you speak English, now if you don't speak English, there are uh, there are ones in different languages, and I don't know the differences between them. Uh, but one of the things that I have studied and dug into and prayed about uh, is because there are so many Bibles out there, and there are so many uh, churches that are. Uh, you know, very like-minded as us that use uh, some different versions. So it's one of those things that uh, it's worth looking at from time to time because I, I, I don't know about you, I, I want to make sure I'm reading the right thing. I want to make sure that I'm studying the right thing, especially because I, I tell you all the time you need to be in your Bible, so I want to make sure we're in the right one. So I want to look at, uh, we'll start with First uh, Timothy 3.16. Later on, we'll look at another verse, the second half. Uh, we will look at Micah 5.2. Uh, if you want to find that one, uh, that one in the New Testament, probably or in the Old Testament, a little harder to find. But First uh, uh, Timothy 3.16, uh, this is a powerful verse. It says this, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. What what a verse. What a sentence right there. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for its truth. Lord, I pray that you would help me. Lord, help me to get out of the way. And Lord, uh, help our uh, biases to get out of the way and opinions. But Lord, let us just see the truth from your word. Uh, and let us see uh, the differences between these different Bible versions. Lord, I, I believe if there's uh, differences, then we need to see what the they are. And Lord, I pray that you would help us today uh, to get closer to you. Lord, challenge us. Lord, we thank you for all things. In Jesus' name we pray and amen. Amen. So this is a, what a power packed verse right here. Uh, and this verse is packed with so much truth in it. Uh, and you think about the Holy Spirit put this in one sentence, but this is, it talks about something that's so fundamental to Christianity, something so uh, bedrock, whatever you want to call it. And it begins by saying this is without controversy. There's no controversy here. That's what he's saying. It is, uh, uh, you cannot be a Christian without these things. Uh, and, and if you take these things away, uh, you don't have real Christianity anymore. So I want to, I want to dig into this verse real quick. Uh, and then I want to see what the other versions say uh, for this same verse. So if we dig into it again, very important verse, what's it say? Uh, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. And then it gives a, a couple, a list of things. Number one, God was manifest in the flesh. God, God was manifest in the flesh. You know what that's saying? Jesus wasn't created. Uh, uh, he didn't, uh, when he was born of a virgin, he existed before that. that. That's one of the big things you get in this verse. God uh, was here. He, let, uh, he, he was in heaven. He left heaven to take on the form of a human body. 
and eventually he would die for the sins of the world. But when you talk about Jesus Christ, you're talking about God. And that is attacked a lot. They, a lot of people don't believe that Jesus was really God. They believe he was a good teacher, a good moral man, and everything else. They believe that he was created himself and maybe became a God later, but that can't happen. But it says right there, plain, without controversy, God was manifest in the flesh, and that God is Jesus. That's who we're talking about when it says that. Not only that, he was justified in the spirit. Capital S right there. So we see uh, there's multiple verses, but no, one of the big ones is 1 Peter 3.18 says that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit. And what that was, you remember, you know, he died for the sins of the world. And if Jesus would have died in sin, if he would have committed sin, the wages of sin is death, he would have died and that would have been it, right? Because that's what every other man and woman that's ever died in sin, they die and that's it. We bury them, that, that there's nothing left. There's nothing else, right? That's it. But Jesus, we didn't, they didn't just have his funeral and that was it. On the third day, he rose from the dead, right? Why? Because he was justified of the spirit. What it's saying right there, God accepted the sacrifice because he was sinless. The Bible says he was made to be sin. He didn't have sin. Our sin was laid on top of him and he died for our sin. And I've said it before. He had to be a man to die for the sins of mankind. But he also had to be God to bridge the gap between heaven and earth. Right? Because if he was just a man that died for everyone else's sin, we can't do that. I can't die for your sin. I, I can't even die for my own. Well, I'll die for my own sin without Jesus Christ, but I can't die for yours. I have to pay my own price. But he was justified of the Holy Spirit. God's seal of approval. God the Father approved of the sacrifice. Holy Spirit raised up Jesus. And once again, you see the Trinity in union right there. So God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels. What did the angels do? They announced his birth, right, to the shepherds. They ministered to him after his temptation. Uh, they ministered to him in the Garden of Gethsemane. Angels were there when he rose from the grave. Angels were there when he ascended back up into heaven. And I'll tell you what, when Jesus Christ returns to get his church, which I believe in, but that's a whole other day, it says this, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, they're going to be involved too, and with the trump of God, God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I love those verses. That blesses my heart. But there's going to be an archangel that sounds at the same time as all this happens. And you think about, well, why? Why, why is it important that it says scene of angels? Well, you know, uh, Pastor Jimmy, he was here Sunday night. Uh, he said something so profound. Well, he, he said it many times and it was so simple yet so profound. I've still yet to get over it. He says all the time that God never did anything without a witness. Now, the first time I heard it, I didn't think much of it. But a couple times in, I stopped and I thought about that. And I was like, you know, he's right. God has done everything with witnesses. And everything he did on earth, there were witnesses. Guess what? Everything he's done in heaven, there's been witnesses for that. And guess what? He's put some of the witnesses to see the other side, right? 
What happened with John? He was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He took a human up to see heaven. So that way there was a witness of man of heaven. He's taken angels down to this earth so they could witness the cross as well. That way there is no controversy at all. There are witnesses. He's not doing anything in secret, right? Jesus did everything out in public. He died in public. They buried him in public and he rose from the dead and they went to the tomb and it was empty. Right? He's not hiding anything. There's no secret. Some, some religions, you, you have to work your way up and they teach you a little. They give you another secret and you unlock another key. God is an open book, right? As long as we get into it, he's an open book. It's right here. Scene of angels. He's included them as witnesses as well. Preached unto the Gentiles. We could just stop right there and shout. Hallelujah. Right? That Because at first salvation was of the Jews. We talked about that this morning in Sunday school. But then later on, uh, the gospel was opened up into the entire world. And I say praise God for that. Right? Preached to the Gentiles. Uh, uh, Jesus broke down that wall. So we didn't have to become a Jew to get saved. We didn't have to travel uh, to Israel to be saved. And now he is using Gentiles like us to promote the gospel all over the world. Praise God. That's awesome, isn't it? That's why we're here today, preached unto the Gentiles and then believed on in the world. Isn't it a blessing to think that in every single country in this world, there's Christian people. Now, some have more than others and some may have to be in hiding. They don't know how many there are, but there are Christians all over this world. Praise God for that. But then you think about all because of one man 2000 years ago, right? Spread all across the world. And then received up into glory. Jesus was seen by many. And it said at one point he was seen uh, by over 500 at once. And most of them were still alive when that happened. And after he rose from the dead, he walked on this earth for 40 days before he ascended back up into heaven. He was seen different times with different people uh, uh, after he rose from the dead. And then he went back up into glory. And you see, look at the power in this verse. So God was manifest in the flesh. Uh, he was justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory and we know that's talking about Jesus Christ without question and you think about all these things there's no controversy here not at this church praise God now at other places there might be controversy but not here isn't this an awesome verse it's the basis of our Christianity and it shows how Jesus was different. Every part of this shows how he, he was different. He was God in the human flesh. He died for our sins. The sacrifice was accepted by God. He was raised from the dead, witnessed by men and angels. The gospel is still being preached today, not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. There's believers everywhere. He's ascended back up into heaven where he's gone to prepare a place for his church. And one day we're going to meet him in the air if we don't die first. And that's without controversy. And it's powerful, and there's a lot of doctrine in there. So, remember what I said at the beginning. We preach from the King James Version. So I'm going to look at four modern versions that are popular today, and I want to look at this exact same verse. So keep yours, keep looking. What, what I find that helps me, uh, as you can't see them, I don't have a screen to put them both up on, uh, but you read the KJV as I'm reading these other ones. Uh, you read 1 Timothy 3.16 in your Bible, and then here's the NIV. Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. 
He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up in glory. Here's the ESV, the English Standard Version. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. And then the New American Standard Bible, the NASB, beyond question, great is the mystery of godliness. He who was revealed in the flesh was vindicated in the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up the glory. And then I always throw in the message in there because I like it. Uh, it's easy with messages like this to, to pick on the message. Uh, this Christian life is a great mystery, far exceeding our understanding, but some things are clear enough. He appeared in a human body. He was proved right by the invisible spirit, was seen by angels. He was proclaimed among all kinds of people, believed in all over the world, taken up into heavenly glory. All four of those versions, if you look at them, they were designed to be more clear than the King James Version. That's why they came along later. It was to make it more clear, more understandable. The King James Version's outdated. Uh, and then we've got this verse that's without controversy, without question, the bedrock of our faith, lots of doctrine packed in there in one sentence, and they all changed one key word. And I don't know if you caught it, but in the KJV Right after, the, uh, right after the great is the mystery of godliness, the next word is God. You see that? In all the other versions, God is changed to he. You see that? Just one word. They just changed one to make it more readable, more understandable, uh, uh, you know, to make things uh, more plain because the KJV is too confusing for us today and they changed God for he, then the question is, who's he? Right? Who's he? Because now, if it's just he, then some man was born a human. Okay? Right? Just some man was a human. Some man was justified in the spirit. Some man was seen of angels. Some man preached unto the Gentiles. Some man believed on in the world. And some man was received up into glory. Well, let me tell you something, just in case you were confused. I know today it's confusing in this world, more confusing than it should be. I am a human man, okay? I am justified, not by myself, but through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, right? Any angel that wants to can see me, and I'm sure many of them are looking at me. I preach to the Gentiles, including right now. Some people in this world believe what I preach, right? Some that hear, they believe it. And one day, praise God, not because of what I've done, I'm going to be received up into glory. So I almost fit every single condition of this verse. Hmm. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. I'll tell you another thing. I'm not God. I'm not Jesus. I'm not who the Bible is talking about. Yet with these versions, I, now I fit. That's sad. You know what happens then? You could argue that this could be talking about all kinds of people. Right? Yeah, it could be Jesus, but it could be all kinds of others. Right? And what's it do? 
It makes something that used to be without controversy so confusing. Right? And then here's the argument. Here's the argument you get all the time. Well, Mike, you know who this verse is talking about. Well, I'll tell you, I know because of the KJV, but I'll go, I'll go with you for a minute. Okay, so say uh, we're just we're splitting hairs here, and, and we know this is Jesus Christ. Well, that makes it even worse. Because if you know this verse is talking about Jesus in the modern version, why did you take away God and say it's here? Because you don't want to say that Jesus was God. There's only one answer for that. And it's wrong. It's wrong. Hmm. I don't like it. Do you? Let's go over to Micah 5.2. Micah 5.2. Do you remember... I know we're, it's Christmas in July, but you remember the, when the wise men came, and they didn't come at Christmas anyway, so uh, they came afterward. The wise men came to Herod's palace, and they asked Herod, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. So they're asking, remember, Herod's the king of the Jews, right? He was the king, and these wise men are coming, and who knows how many there were. They weren't three. They brought three gifts, but again, that's for another day. Uh, they, they're all there, and they're asking the king, where is the new king that was born, right? Where is this king? We've come to worship him. We got our all our caravan. We've come a long way. We've got gifts. We've got everything else, and Herod's kind of in a panic. You can see here, uh, and Herod, uh, he was a vile man, a powerful man, he, very successful, very successful, built all kinds of different things, uh, aqueducts and palaces and all, all kinds of stuff. Uh, but he was afraid when they said this. So he brings in all the chief priests, all the scribes together, and he demands of them where Christ should be born. And real quickly, they answer him. They didn't even have to go look it up. They said in Bethlehem of Judea. And then they partially quote Micah 5.2. But thou, and this is KJV, but thou, Bethlehem, Epiphath, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old from everlasting. And the sad part of that, that story with the wise men is even though those religious leaders knew they knew where he would be born, right? And you've got these men traveling from afar saying, hey, the Messiah's born. They asked, oh, we know where he's, it would be in Bethlehem. And Bethlehem is a short distance. I didn't look it up, but it's really close to where they were at. It wouldn't have taken them that long to go, but none of them left. Herod didn't leave. I don't see where any of them left. They just went about their business. Big deal. Jesus is here. Big deal, you know, and that's sad. But the end of the verse in Micah, I think, is the most powerful. Whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. You know what that tells us? That prophecy means not just any normal boy would be born. This is someone that was already in existence before he was born. Someone that was eternal from everlasting. And here's the thing. Jesus Christ wasn't created. He wasn't born and that was the beginning of his life. His life didn't begin in Bethlehem. He was from everlasting, from eternity. He left all of heaven uh, to be born of a virgin, to take on this human 
human flesh, uh, to go through the uh, feelings of our infirmities, uh, uh, you know, to feel everything, to face every temptation, and then after living a perfect life, to die for the sins of the world on the cross of Calvary and raise on the third day. So it is. This is very important. The begin, the the end of this verse is saying that hey, he's going to be born. A ruler's going to be born in Bethlehem. Oh, but not any ruler. One that's from everlasting. Okay, you with me? Let's go to the same four. And you read Micah 5.2. Well, I read uh, it in the other versions. But you, here's NIV, New, New International Version. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathath, uh, though you were small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Okay, ESV, English Standard Version. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathath, uh, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is the to be the ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient of days. I'm just going to read the end of the NASB in the message. NASB, his times of coming forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. So we're getting a little closer with that one. The message, his family tree is ancient and distinguished. I don't even know what that means. But anyway, <laughs> I have no clue when it says things like that. Okay. So here's the question. One of them says from everlasting. That means no beginning, right? No creation, no beginning. And, and, and here's the thing. I understand that human, humans, we struggle with eternity. When the Bible talks about eternity, we struggle with that. And, and you're thinking, well, Mike, I, I fully understand it. Well, not really. We, we were born in time. We live in time. We've got past, present, future. We measure time, right, by uh, the way the world spins around and, and uh, orbits around the sun as our days and our years. We go through seasons. Uh, we have birthdays. We count years and months and days and everything else. Everything we do is based on time, right? God is outside of time. And he's before time. Well, how do you know that? Because we didn't have days until he created everything, right? And there was the first day and night. He's before that. And that's God. So here we, we, we struggle this, but he's outside. God existed before anything. He wasn't created. He created everything we measure time with today. He created the sun, the earth, all the stuff. He hung the stars and everything else. Jesus was eternal, but here's the problem. These modern versions say, uh, NIV said, whose origins? Now, wait a second. Hold on. If he's eternal, if he's God, there is no origin, Right? He, there is no beginning with God. He always was. And again, I know it's hard for us to understand, but the Bible doesn't tell us to lean on our own understanding. It says to have faith and believe it. It says to, you know, we think that something has to have a beginning and God never had a beginning. There is no origins are from old or from ancient times. He wasn't created a long time ago. And here's the problem. When it says an ancient day or, or, or an ancient time or, or something long ago, then you could theoretically go back to that day and it would happen. We can't do that. You could go, if you could go back in time, you could go back to the day each of us were born, right? If the, time, if the DeLorean really worked, we could go back in time and see those. We can't go back in time and see the beginning of God. 
There's no point. He's always been there. And again, it's hard to understand, but we just, we accept that by faith. But if there was a day, he's not eternal anymore. And notice they all took away from everlasting. So here's the problem. If Jesus was created, which again was the same thing they were attacking before, he wasn't God, right? If he was created, if he came, if he if he was born with and, and that was the beginning, he wasn't God. He can't be God. And it's the same attack that we just talked about. So if Jesus was a God instead of the God, guess what? The Jehovah's Witnesses are all for him, right? In the beginning was God. Remember that? The word was God. I'm messing, the word. I'm messing it up. I got to pull it up. John 1. I don't want to get it confused. I'm already confused in my head with it. But in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jehovah's Witnesses add one letter, a one word, a one letter word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was a God. That's what they say. Right? That's all they change is that A to it. And the way these modern versions have tweaked Micah, they're okay with it now. Right? If Jesus had a beginning, they're okay with it. Because they say he had a beginning. And he was a God. He became a God later. Right? He was born regular, somehow became a God later. You know who likes that? The Mormons like that. Right? Because they think we, you could become a god later and have your own planet and everything else and all the other nonsense. Right? You see what the problem is? They're changing little things. And it's a deception because they're saying we're changing these little things to make it easier to understand. You know what I find funny with myself? Is sometimes, you heard me up here trying to read some of these out loud. I'm struggling reading these other ones out loud. But it's supposed to be easier. And I'm educated and I, I'm struggling reading some of these because as I'm reading them, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, what are they talking about? I don't understand. It's confusing to me. They've taken something that's no, has no confusion and they've added confusion into it. And they've taken something that's clear and made it broader so you can open the door. That's what they've done. Jesus was God. Capital G, he was God, he is God, he'll always be God, there's no beginning and no end, anything else is blasphemy. That's it, it's false, it's false. Galatians 1.8.9 says this, But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. The next verse, verse 9, As we have said before, so say I now again, If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. And I've said it before, the Bible is very concise. It doesn't repeat things, but it's repeated the verse right there two times. Why? It's a double curse. That's what he's saying right there. You mess with this gospel and you change it to a different one. That's a double curse right there. So when it says the we or an angel from heaven or anyone else or a publishing company creates any other gospel, they're accursed. These publishers have perverted the pure and preserved word of God. Why? So they can satisfy false religions. You're thinking, Mike, is that the real reason they did it? Yes, because the more false religions you satisfy, 
the more you can sell and the more money you make. Ooh. <laughs> All back to greed, isn't it? Of course. Of course. All while claiming the Bible, they're making it more readable. They will stand in judgment for that. Yes, they will. They will. That's why, one of the many reasons why we use the King James Version. If you take the time, and you know, there will be people that listen to this online, and if, if they're still listening, if you honestly take the time, and you compare, and you take some of the most important doctrinal verses, and compare it, you will see the same pattern every time. Little tweaks that almost you don't notice. But if you see what they changed, every time they're attacking something fundamental. And it's on purpose. It's on purpose. And it's sad. And what makes it even more sad is when people defend them, the other versions, without even knowing what they're talking about. I just hope people will, they will, you know, their eyes will be open, they will see the truth, and they will ditch those and get a Bible that tells the truth. And it's powerful. I'm going to ask everyone to stand tonight.